Send us a message in our chat section on our website or app. It's Red Radio starting off your day. For the students, by the students. It is just head past 4 p.m. here on Red Radio. Hello and welcome to Red Radio Talk. Coming up this afternoon in the next hour and a bit, a conversation for all, an open discussion addressing the past while finding solution for the present and future. David and Ali on the run takes on a new shape this afternoon. Joining the discussion in studio is Chloe as well as Mr. Jurassic. Online is myself, Thomas, Basha, Simpiwe, Talha and Rachel, integral into contributing to a such an important discussion. We will be looking at the letter addressed to the Red Hill community on Friday as well as finding and dissecting solution to opening up debate and conversation in the near future. Today being the continued step in doing so. As I'm sure you are all aware of the newly structured Judiciary Committee, headed up by Talha, plays a crucial role in mediating discussion and being there for students right through the middle and senior school. We look at their role in this discussion as well. We understand leading this discussion in part is members of the student executive. However, let it be clear that we will ask and discuss all questions of concerns and relevance. I encourage you to be a part of the conversation. The communication lines are open. So if you want to be a part of it, firstly, you would have received a reminder about the broadcast from the radial communication number, which is 081 067-9725. Please engage with voice notes and any comments on that line. This number is also front and center on the Red Radio website. Secondly, the website and app is another way of getting a part of the conversation. The link to our chat is there. We endeavor to get through all um, and most of them as possible. Please be aware that we might not be able to get through all of them. So if we can't, we will make sure that we find an answer for you and get back to you. Today, we look at student voice and how we as a community can encourage exactly that. Welcome to a show where we can look to the future, find solution and encourage debate. We're live on Red Radio. For the students, by the students. Right, guys, today's a very special David and Ali on the run because we are joined by a lot of people in the studio, both virtually and physically. And David and I today have the privilege of hosting Mr. Joseph Jurassic mm. and the Student Executive Committee. Absolutely. So, Dave, do you want to tell everyone what we're going to be talking about? Absolutely. So, um, so this isn't this isn't a conversation, first of all, about the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. Uh, this is about correcting and providing more con- cl- clarity and context about the interpretation of last week's communication by Mr. Jurassic. So um, that is what we'll be chatting about for the next hour and we'll be asking some questions. And if you guys want to join us, you can send through your voice notes. If you go onto redradio.co.za, there is a chat option where you can type through or you can click on the WhatsApp link and send through your voice notes. Yes, so the chats will be open for the entirety of the show. Please, we want to hear your opinions. If you have any questions, we are all ready to answer it in studio. And yeah, stay tuned because I think it's going to be a very interesting conversation coming our way. Red Radio, broadcasting live. I'm Awani. And I'm Tinashi. And we are in grade two at Red Hill School. We are so proud of our Red Hill Matric class of 2020. Some of them are going to university in South Africa. And some of them are going to university overseas to learn how to be doctors, lawyers, scientists, and inventors. And maybe even the president of South Africa. Congratulations, Red Hill Class of 2020. We are so proud of you. Red Radio. Hey, it's Chloe. It's Lizzie. It's Adam Sisterson. It's Lugana. It's Ali. It's Thomas. For the students, by the students. Hey, it's Abby. It's Jahara. Red Radio has become this home for so many students and over the past four years that we've been running, I couldn't be more proud of where we are today. The highlight of my week is the camaraderie and community in the studio. We are not only on air, but we run social campaigns as well as ensuring that our news team and our programming runs efficiently and smoothly. Red Radio. For the students, by the students. 
Okay, everyone. So we're going to start off very strong and we're going to start off with what everyone's dying to know in here. Hello, sir. Welcome to David and Ali on the Run. Thank you so much. <laughs> I really appreciate it. Um, we're going to start off with the misinterpretation or rather the interpretation of last week's communication that was sent out to all the Red Hill pupils and parents and that has been picked up by a wave on social media. So, sir, if you'd like to just clarify maybe your thoughts, your opinion, what was going through your head when you wrote that letter um, and how maybe people have misinterpreted it. Sure. Um, I just do. I do want to start off by saying that, you know, in the same way as the letter went out to the Red Hill community, not the world out there, I I really do believe at this moment I'm talking to the Red Hill community. So there is a context, and I, you know, as I spoke to the great ten, elevens, and twelves today, I think context is so important when a letter goes out, and I made the example. I think to you guys, it might have been in your class as well. You know, if, if you saw a letter that came out of Switzerland that said the government is now closing down all communication and all free speech, you'd go, mm, sorry, Switzerland, really? Is that what they're doing? And I think the context of the letter, and I think that's why the letter is so important to put it into context, is that most people who know Red Hill and know me should have questioned the context. Is he really closing down all of the speech? I mean, I'm sitting on a radio station now that I don't think any other school has in the, anywhere in South Africa that is talking about the voice of the student. What is your byline? For the students, by, by the students. Now, that was brought to me four years ago, and you can ask anybody who was on it. I was fully supportive of it. You might even ask the radio manager, uh, um, um, uh, Thomas, who was at the time, who, when they came to me and he asked me, sir, do you want to vet what happens on the program? I said to him, Thomas, not at all. I trust my students. I would like to know if there's any students sitting here today in your show. Have I ever vetted your show? Have I ever looked at what you've been saying? Have I ever said I want to see what you say before it goes out? Here is a perfect example for me of a headmaster who trusts his students with an open forum to say what they want, to speak their voices, I have heard some of the discussions you guys have had that I'm so proud of that are so amazing on so many different discussions. I find it so difficult that even though, and I have said that I, I should have expanded more on my letter, but I thought I was writing to a community that understood where I was coming from and that would not jump at a conclusion that he's cutting down all speech. It doesn't make sense when we talk about context not in the context of Red Hill and what you guys have been through in your whole high school career. So I just want to start with that, that that is the context. The letter itself, you need to understand, and I ask my students today, and I'm asking all the listeners out there, for one, one sh short moment to put themselves into the sh my shoes, right? When you are young, you are energetic, you're vibrant, you want to change the world. I think that's why we, the world changes of young people, not older people. Young people are passionate, enthusiastic. You want these things to happen. Now, when you're the head of a school, you don't always have that luxury. You have to say, what is my major concern? And your major concern as a head is the social and the emotional well-being of the students that parents put into your care. Now, last week, what was coming through to me was that there were instances on the campus where students were saying very negative things and very hurtful things to one another. Um, there was, you know, cancelling going on of certain people. There was intimidation, um, some really nasty things. One particular teacher said there were some amongst grade six kids that was so hurtful that she was just taken back by the hate speech, etc. I then decided to put a letter together and, I, and I, I really want you to read the letter, you know, because many people got the context. I understand there were many that didn't get the context, but many people got the context. And the first line of the second paragraph states explicitly that I do not think that this should not be discussed and argued about. I put it straight out there. The second sentence is where I got into trouble. Because it says, I suggest... Now, it's a suggestion that, that at this time, maybe within the school, under this intense, emotional, difficult time that we're having, 
that possibly it should not be something that your kids should talk about now until we can put together safe spaces where children feel safe to be able to discuss these issues. Nowhere in their letter does it say, I ban free speech. We're not allowed to talk. Um, we're not allowed to have a say. Um, but the mere fact that I'm talking openly to you, on behalf, I mean, if I was knocking down speech, I'd say I'm not speaking. End of story. Mm -hmm. But I enjoy engaging with you to have these discussions. And I challenge any other school to see where the headmaster gets onto an open forum like this. I don't know what questions you're going to ask me. David showed me a few as I got in. But I'm happy to sit here and take those because I, I feel that I'm open and I want to have the discussion. Do I make mistakes? Guys, I'm human. Of course I'm going to make mistakes. I'd like to ask any viewer out there or any listener out there or you yourselves, if you never made a mistake, I'll take it on the chin. I've told you, I should have expanded. I should have shown you. But I, what I want people to understand, that whether you agree with my letter or disagree, please know that it came from a place of incredibly good intent to try and protect students from attacking each other um, before we could put proper structures in place. And I hope we go on to discuss those structures because I know, I mean, uh, there's a lot of you here that are on the executive um, who've put those structures together with me. Um, I was in Cape Town. We got onto a Zoom. We spoke about it straight away. I never said, no, I'm not talking about it. That's my letter. So that's the context of the letter. It was intended to be a, a letter that, that protected my students because at the end of the day, I don't have the luxury to take a position. Um, and that's what happened. Okay. Thank you so much for that clarification, sir. I'm sure we all appreciate it. David, any questions, any points? Um, so there is a question that has just come through. Sure. And um, the, the, the argument from this person is that they say, surely it is fair to say that you're limiting conversation. So um, I focus on that word limiting because the letter states that, quote unquote, I urge you not to discuss this issue at school. Yes, yeah, so I can, I, can, I can urge people to do certain things. But I think the word urge is, as an educator, you know, I said to you today, it would be a very good debate to have at some stage. When you're in a position where you're looking after students' well-being, what do you look at first? Student, their social and emotional well-being, or their freedom of speech? Now, if you as an educator, a person who's looking after children that parents have put into your hands and you think that the debate that might take place and I wasn't sure that this was going to be healthy debate and we can discuss what is healthy debate that this was going to cause a lot of harm to the social and emotional well-being of students surely I have to make a call and that call might be to limit um, the debate for a certain period of time as when there is any kind of state of emergency. Can we just put things together? Can we just find a way that we can have this kind of debate in a safe space that no, even when we talk about debating, when you go and you learn to debate, there are rules of engagement. There are certain ways that keep people safe. Somebody speaks, the next speaker speaks, there aren't interruptions, you can't call each other names, you can't say harmful things to one another. And all I was trying to do is say, can I just have a bit of time so that we can put the rules of engagement in place? I will state once again, Red Hill will never close down difficult discussions. It is never my intention. You guys know that I'm someone who actually causes difficult discussions to take place. So, um, no, I did not want to limit it forever. A suggestion is a suggestion. It's not an order. And nobody had to listen to my suggestion. But, okay, I, w I would argue that surely as the executive head of a school, your pupils are inclined to listen to you because you, do ha you are sort of an, uh, a figure who, who holds responsibility at the school and a figure who students listen to. So when the executive head of a school sends out a communication like that, while it may say, I urge you not to discuss this at school, um, the response from at least myself or some other students would be that if they discuss this, not necessarily that there would be repercussions, but they would feel fearful of being of discussing this because they were urged not to. So, does that not? Yeah, David, I think we're dealing with semantics here. Uh, you know, I think, you know, on one hand, we say that our students are old enough and mature enough to have debates, and yet we're saying that they're too weak and they're too scared of me to be able to have those debates. 
If I say to you, David, I urge you not to do that. I don't think it's a good idea. You know, especially as an 18-year-old, there are many times that my senior students don't listen to my, to you know, the way I, 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 the, way, the way I look at things. I, I, I do take your point. I, I don't dismiss the point that I am an authoritative figure. In the same way that I, you know, that I use my authority to hopefully look after children uh, in our environment because I have some type of authority to make certain rules to look after them. I take your point that there could be certain students um, that could be fearful, but I would hope that in our conditions, you know, that if a parent had a difficulty with that, they can say, thanks, thanks for your urging, but no, we're not going to do that. Um, but I, I will still say that I should have clarified that. I've taken it on the chin. I've, you know, points scored against me, own goal. Um, I've never been scared to say when I've done something that is, you know, that is wrong. But it was never the intention to do that. Um, so, so yeah, it, the intention was never to limit speech. So, sir, we've got a question that's come through. However, I do think you have touched on it a few times now. It says, hi, Mr. Jurassi, do you still stand by your letter? Do you still stand by the letter? Do I still stand by the letter? Um, as I said, I think the letter, if it is interpreted that I'm closing down speech, no, then I don't stand by it, right? If it is interpreted that we're looking for safe ways to, to conduct speech so that everybody feels safe, um, if the intent of the letter is, is what's at stake here, then I stand by the intention of the letter, but not by the way it might have been perceived by students, if it was perceived as closing down speech, I do not stand by that letter. Okay. And I make a formal apology for it. Okay. Okay, so I think we're going to... Sorry, a lot of questions have just come through. Oh, fantastic. Okay, you can get... Um, no, I think we should... I think we should give it a few minutes. Let's all just get, grab our thoughts. Yeah. But coming up, we will be asking some of the questions that you have sent us. So get in touch, send us a voice note or message us on the various platforms because you're listening to Red Radio Talk. Red Radio... the students by the students Red Radio starting off your day. Red Radio day. falls under the day. Studio Red umbrella, where we strive to provide you with fair comment, excellent programming, and accurate news. If for some reason you feel that we do not live up to the standard, we want to know about it. Please direct your comment in writing to studioread at redhill.co.za or in writing to any of the Red Hill staff members involved in Red Radio. Red Radio, for the students, by the students. We are Interact, a committee that strives to enrich the lives of others through outreach activities. With the help of Red Hill students, we have successfully managed to run the Meal SA Drive, our weekly sandwich drives, and our cool-to-serve canned food drive. We are excited for many more initiatives to come, where we can continue to help different communities by supporting them through raising money, collecting food, and interacting with them. Join Interact, and together we can make a difference. We're live on Red Radio. So um, we're back, and I, I, I did mention this question to Sir during the break. I will mention it again. Just to push back on what you said earlier, Sir, um, my feeling is that when an authority figure makes a communication like that, even if, they, even if they didn't say, I'm banning this conversation, the fact that they said, I urge you not to have this conversation, it has the same effect on students, right? We're not dealing with 30-year-olds. We're dealing with 16, 15, 18-year-olds, right? Sure who are inclined to obey the urges of an authority figure, right? right? That's how kids grow up. Kids grow up obeying an authority figure. So the result of the result of your letter is the same as the result of someone saying, I'm banning the speech. Okay, so I had you up until you said that. Okay. All right, banning the speech. Um, I, again, I go back to context. Mm -hmm. um, I think that, you know, the majority of my students know me and feel comfortable enough to be able to approach me and not to feel that I'm banning anything. So sometimes when you look at something and you think, okay, is he banning something? Can we just go and ask him, are you banning us? Uh, it would have taken an email to say, sir, are you actually banning us? And then I would have clarified it. 
So everything you said up until then, David, I, I absolutely agree with. I can't be in the minds of, of other people always. Um, and, you know, again, we can go around this again and again and again. I'm, I'm not sure how many times you want me to apologize for the lack of clarification. Um, but I think I've made that point, um, you know, that, that I accept that, you know, the letter in terms of the, what the intent was, that it should have had clarification. Um, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not sure what, you know, what more you want me to say on that. Okay, I just wanted to sure. touch on that and let the audience hear that question. Okay, so we've got a couple of questions coming through. And um, so we'll just take this one, I think. Although we are mature students and can handle discussions, we, or some of us, do still, however, have respect towards teacher and Mr. Jurassic. So this is, this is why we are still scared of the repercussions. I, I think we've touched on that point a few times. I don't know if you'd like to expand on it. That's what I was, that's what yeah, I was, that's I mean, what I was trying I, I to mean, mention. So. I, I'm not sure, and maybe some of you can help me out here. What is it that, how do I change a percep perception of students being scared? I mean, Tala, you're here. You know, the, we, we spent a lot of time, you and me together, talking about the judiciary. Yeah. Right? We, um, you know, Chloe, you're here. We, we spent a lot of time, this executive has done an amazing amount of work on giving students a voice, where students know they can go to Chloe, they can go to you, Talha, if they've got problems, if they've got issues. You know, I'm not sure what is the use of having a, you know, to have a student council or a student judiciary with a constitution and a brochure that lays out everything if students are just going to say, no, well, we're scared, we're just not doing it. I hope it's not being used as, a, as, a, as, a, as, a, as, a, as an excuse, you know, because it's no good wanting student representation and then we don't use student representation. I mean, if, if I was so petrified of this, why, 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 why don't I just go to Teller? Why don't I go to Chloe and say, Izzy, can you talk to him? Is this what's going on? You know, sometimes we can't just be – if we're teaching our radial students um, anything – and we're talking about teaching them to speak up. If they're scared, surely radial students have got many vehicles to go and say to the head of the judiciary, to the head of council, can you get explanation for us? Instead of just saying, well, we'll just sit back and he's done this and, and he's a bad guy and what a terrible life we have here at Red Hill. I, I, I think sometimes, David, not everybody, not all students, but I think sometimes it's just an easy way out. Um, just to presume that, you know, um, Mr. Jurassic is going to come down hard on us. Um, I don't always accept that, although, although I do accept that some students might think it. I hope this is a learning. Um, this, is a, this is a way we can learn. That, that is why we set up. I mean, Chloe, we can talk about, you know, such an important thing when we were discussing uniform gender, the process that it went through to council, the work that you guys did there, the education that we're putting together to educate. Is this a school that, that you've seen from council where we've stopped speech and not had the discussions? Um, from my point of view, obviously, no. I think a lot of students are aware that, I mean, even they've come to me to, to ask for clarification about this letter or to um, ask about a plethora of, of, of questions about uniform policy. So I think students do feel free to ask questions. I think in terms of the letter and why it was interpreted in a way in which maybe students were scared was perhaps without the context of, of, of knowing that um, this, this letter came about in reaction to some bullying that had occurred occurred or a physical altercation and and in the letter it does say you know if bullying does occur um you know the disciplinary actions will take place and so i think um having that following um i urge you not to um have these discussions although it was not a demand a lot of people um got scared that maybe if they did have those discussions they could um get have, have consequences and to a lot of people that's how it was interpreted but on the other side after having a lot of discussions within my class um, isolated discussions with, with, with certain individuals I think a lot of people did ultimately understand um, the, the intent but again taken out of context I, I do see where that interpretation was, was twisted Tala yeah. uh, just in terms of the work that maybe it's an opportunity for you to talk about the work that the, the judiciary can play and I think as I say if this is a learning moment then let's embolden our students mm -hmm. next year 
to make use of the SRC and the judiciary. If we don't use the structures that we've set up, then we can't keep blaming the school. So I think I completely agree. I think my job as a judiciary and as a head of judiciary and as a part of an exec, my responsibility to the school is to make sure that when students come to campus, they feel safe they, uh, in order to express any views they have. And if they don't, then they have the opportunity to approach me, to approach any of my judiciary members uh, for us to either mediate um, a conflict between students or to mediate a conflict between students and staff. And I have had a lot of students coming to me and telling me, you know, because they trust me as a head of the judiciary, they trust me enough to tell me, look, Taha, um, I may not agree with what's been going on at school or I may not feel too comfortable to approach someone else, but they can come to us as a judiciary and we will, have a, uh, we will always be neutral as judiciary members in the way that we have to listen. And to, m most importantly, our job is all about listening mm -hmm. and trying to understand what it is that someone has a problem with at school. And because we are student government, uh, it's from student to student. And um, it's been a learning experience for the judiciary, uh, being able to help students and help facilitate these discussions. And we do openly encourage uh, having these discussions. Um, there's been many instances where students have had uh, uh, polar opinions, yeah. and we sit down with them. We listen to each side in turn, and then we go through the processes which are um, in our handbook and which de which are detailed in our handbook, and we listen to what they have to say, and we come to a decision, not that one side or the other is right, but to a middle ground where we can both un uh, come to an understanding of the other's point of view, because that is what we believe in, and that, I think, is what Red Hill's ethos is about. So if we take this as a learning opportunity, this could have gone two ways with the structures that we have in place. If we had no structures, we understand. Now imagine it turned itself around and we had students that were upset and instead of basically attacking the headmaster, sending the letter to the press, which only divides our community and puts Red Hill in a particular light, imagine those students went directly to you or to Chloe and said, could you see clarification on this? And you had come to me and at an executive meeting or you Zoomed me, said, sir, can we get clarification? Because we'd like to get back to our student body on exactly what you meant. I would have clarified it. We would have spoken about it. Bob's your uncle, no problem whatsoever. You see, we can't set up democracy and structures and then not use them, but rather attack the institution, our own institution. Sometimes some people see that as a benefit. If you want to tear down a structure, that's the way to do it. And I think that we need to use the structures that we so carefully put together this year and which I'm so proud of this particular SRC for doing. The last thing I also want to mention, what we have not mentioned here, is the silent majority who read that letter that made them feel safe to come to school. We haven't mentioned that. That there were many students and many parents who wrote in to say, thank you for the letter, I feel safe because there's some type of security for me within the school. So it affects different people differently. But I go back to the point, let's start using the structures we've got in place. Let's not always attack the school. It is our school. We're one community. And let's rather always seek clarification. If we don't like the clarification, then let's attack the school. But let's give the systems in place a chance to work. So, um there just one more one more concern before we go through to news uh, a student has um, entered the chat and res responding to that part of you saying you guys know me and um, you know the school the student was concerned because their feeling is that we know you based on the communication that you send out um, and that the words that are put forward in that communication and they expanded by saying um, mentioning a different school's response to this whole situation was that the immediate response of the leadership was to put forward a statement encouraging debate. Um, and at a different school, their leadership immediately started working with the students to put together a list of resources to help students to educate themselves. So I, there is a feeling from the students as they, as they look towards the engaging responses of other schools that a lot of, that they feel that you, and in particular, because of the communication that came out, that could have been done um, much better, even though 
even though you say that we know you, a lot of the students, feel, or at least the students in particular, feels that they know you by the words that you put out. Mm. Look, I don't know what grade that student is in. If it's a student that's in grade 11 or 12, uh, you've all had me for life orientation. I, I, I don't really buy that. It's, you, you can't just say it's by the words that you put out if you know a person. Um, David, if I know you really well and you're a good friend of mine and you say something that doesn't sound like you, I don't say, well, that's how I know David because he said that. I know David through a whole history and I know what David you know, is going to say. And if I look at the schools that have put out those type of things, I've spoken to some of the headmasters who've done that. I guarantee you that most of those schools do not have a sizable Jewish and Muslim community. They have more a community that is of the same, where you can go in and have these discussions because the emotions are not running high and um, it's much easier to have discussions. If I'm sitting with a whole lot of people that are very much the same and are not involved in this, this, this crisis, yes, of course you can explain it. You can explain the narratives. You can explain the history. When you're dealing with two communities that at this moment are at absolute war with one another, and I'm going to say that again, it is an absolute tragedy in terms of what is happening um, in the Middle East. And, um, you know, all of us as, as, as human beings deplore the violence that is taking place. But it is very different when you're dealing with sizable communities, very different issue than if you're dealing with a community that is very the same when you have to deal with those issues. Okay, so um, hello everybody. I'm just on a meet, so I'm on the other side. Um, but coming up after news, what we're going to be doing is, and this is why specifically all of our leadership is here, we're going to be talking about what we are doing next, how we're going to be opening up debate, how we're going to be talking about these type of things. And I think some of the implementations that we have put together are really exciting. And I think, you know, looking forward, you know, we have to take on a positive approach. And that is what we are doing. And that's why I think the role of the leadership now has become so important to work with the school, to work with Mr. Jurassic in to, you know, furthering the stance on creating a safe space for students to communicate and to talk about these very contentious issues in a safe space. So that's really what we're going to be chatting about next. Carry on sending through your questions. But now we're going to get into news with Kayla Nurkenthorne. For the students, by the students. Hi everyone, and we are still on David and Ali on the run on this lovely Wednesday. Um, as we do realize, we have lots of the student executives sitting in our studio this afternoon, which is really exciting because it gives us an opportunity to talk about how Red Hill can move forward and what the leadership and the student body is doing to push forward some real change and how we can you know, change maybe some of the misconceptions that happened in the past week. So I'm joined by Talha, the head of judiciary, and he's just going to elaborate a little bit about what we can expect coming up in the next few weeks. So us as the judiciary have sent out a letter uh, apart. So as a student executive, we've sent out a letter to the learners. And there is a Google form that has gone out with the letter that addresses how you can approach the judiciary. So if you feel that you want to approach the judiciary with a problem or something that you're uncomfortable with or something that you just want to um, get through to the school, you are more than welcome to send us a message. Uh, choose any one of the judiciary members to help you out, or you can come straight to me. Uh, our contact details are listed on um, the form. So we just want to use it as a way to bridge the gap between people who want to understand what's going on in Red Hill and what we as the student body, and especially the student exec, are doing in order to move forward. I know we're looking at um, helping students uh, understand um, what it is that uh, they're trying to... We're, so students that have a problem or are feeling uncomfortable are coming to us and we as the judiciary will help them move forward. Yeah, so... So in terms of a student body perspective, that's what you can expect from the leadership. But in a more practical class environment, we've actually just received a question, what is happening in the LO classes? And I know that the student executive did discuss how we could maybe implement some things, but I don't know, sir, if you'd like to maybe answer this question, what can we expect in the LO classes as an LO teacher yourself? Sure. I mean, I, I think, you know, if we, if we kind of look at, at our LO, you know, uh, you know, I, I realized that when I was teaching LO, um, you know, there, there, there could have been a perceived problem, you know, that I'm a, a white person. 
Um, and it could have been that I was, you know, teaching in a particular way. We then, as a school, made a, made a significant change to be able to go out there and find an ELO teacher that we thought would be able to give a different perspective. Um, and I think the students that have had Mrs. Ramabulana have really enjoyed that experience, right? It wasn't like the school said, no, that's it. Mr. Dressy, the headmaster, he wants to teach ELO, and that's what's going to happen. We made the change. I moved out of something that I really do enjoy doing. Um, but because I thought it was in the best interest of the students to get a different perspective. I think on our campus you've seen the teachers that I've employed are teachers that give different perspectives in, within our school. And I think that really is important. And within LO, what we're trying to do now is maybe talk less content and more skills. Because as David said at the beginning, you know, let's, let's not make this you know, at the moment because the, 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 the Israeli-Palestinian conflict you know, in two weeks' time could be another conflict that we're having to deal with. And what are the skills that our students need to be able to tackle difficult debates, difficult questions? You know, I sometimes feel that our debaters are given that training, but maybe all of our students need to be given that training. So I'm, I'm, I'm taking a day away with all of my LO teachers where we're going to be looking at curriculum, skill set, um, and then through... Um, you know, our diversity uh, program and through our LO program, we will start to institute those changes. I think every one of the learning moments at Red Hill, um, we look at doing something different. There is a crisis, we look at something, we change it, and we bring in something that is different. And we will continue doing that. So I think that will be quite exciting. Right. I think that's very exciting, especially, you know, to look forward to in your LO syllabus and provoke some really important conversations, which we're all dying to hear. I'm not sure if Thomas has made a mistake on the Google Meet or if he would like to contribute, <laughs> but um, we are joined so, by Thomas. <laughs> yes. So um, I'm one of the people just looking at the chat. And Mr. Jurassi, um, it, it, the, the question came after, obviously, you've spoken to many of the students today and you mentioned that there are going to be conversations happening in the LO classroom. Um, she, it was a little bit jumbled, so that's why I'm just jumping on to, to kind of just, I think, kind of ask the question how the person meant for it to be asked. Um, the question really is, is it, are, are we going to be discussing the Palestine-Israel conflict in LO? Because obviously there are going to be students who are very emotional about the issue and the conflict that's going on. Um, and are the teachers going to be, I mean, if it, if it is going to happen, are they going to be well-resourced in order to have and mediate that type of conversation? Right. So, I mean, I spoke to... Uh, Mrs. Malinga, she made it very. She said it was the the Department of Education that actually withdrew the Arab-Israeli conflict from the curriculum because of the difficulties of having to discuss some of these issues. Because in reality, as I said today, I can get two professors from Harvard University, one being pro-Israel, one being pro-Palestine, and they will give two completely different narratives that can be as powerful and as strong. Um, and that's why it is such a divisive issue. There is no... For 70 years, the world has tried to find a solution to this problem. It is one of the world's oldest conflicts, um, and it is a very, very difficult discussion. I had a question from a young grade 10 student who asked me about this, and I said to him... I don't want to fall in the same trap as I did with the letter by just answering. Right? That's how I get myself sometimes into trouble. I need to sit down with Mrs. Ramabolana. I need to sit down with Mrs. Malinga. I need to sit down with a couple of other teachers. And we need to take this question very seriously. How do we deal with the Arab-Israeli, Palestinian-Israeli more particular? How do we deal with this curriculum for students who would like to understand this better? It's on my agenda, but I would like to seek help. This is not something that I, I can deal with by myself. Um, and I'd like to talk to the, the new executive when they come in. How do they feel about it? Where do they want it? Do they want to have these discussions? But it is on the agenda, and I promise you these difficult discussions will be broached, but we want to teach our, our students the skills with which to engage with this very difficult discussion first. So someone in our chats actually uh, asked if they could put forward a proposition on, on that, actually. Lovely. Um, so 
their, their proposition was that the headmaster and the school itself should completely stay out of political discourse. Yep. It should neither facilitate it, nor engage it, nor encourage it, nor prevent it. Kids should talk about whatever they want as long as they don't bully, abuse, or harm. Yep. And so this, the sentiment was that that's the only time that the school gets involved. Yep. Um, so, and that the school should stay out of politics entirely and focus on education and care. Yeah, I have absolutely no problem with that. I don't think schools should get involved in political issues. I, don't, I think schools should be involved in education. I think schools should be um, involved in, in student health and well-being. And maybe you know, that's why I did what I did, because that was at the uppermost of my mind. Um, and that we should be looking to do that. However, on the other hand, you, know, you do have history teachers um, who teach history. And part of what they do um, is to be able to teach these kind of things. But, David, there's, there's no doubt. I mean, I'd like that student to, to come and see me to, to talk about that. We want to engage with our students about a difficult issue. I think what I want people to understand here, this is not a simple issue to just deal with. And that's why we make mistakes. Because if it was simple, we'd all know exactly what to do, and we would just do it. But it is a difficult issue that's going to take a lot of debate and a lot of discussion moving forward. Okay, and then... Oh, Can I just add in there for two sure. seconds? Um, so, yeah, I mean, we, we, as many of the students know from our later, we did meet with Mr. Jurassi, and we are going to be working with Mr. Jurassi as well as Ms. Malinga, um, where the date hasn't been set, but soonish, where we can have a day where we can discuss this and we can get professionals in to come and give their viewpoint and where we can talk about it openly. So I would just like to also put that out there and you can read about that in the letter from the exec and that's also coming up. So I think that's, you know, in, in a sense, it's something to look forward to because I think, mm -hmm. you know, if we can set up something where we can have really good conversation with people who know and are able to mediate discussion like this, you know, there's a lot of good that can come out of that as well yeah, absolutely absolutely so one of the um saying on the topic of how we can improve for the future was to provide more clarity on on the process that goes into reviewing the school's communication um about sensitive issues because i know we did speak about this and you said that there is a process and that there are people involved in this mm -hmm. and so a follow-up from that is that is this a diverse group of people that are part of the reviewing and approval processes of the of these communications that are sent out so Look, often it depends on what kind of communication is going out. Um, most of the time, in order for me to be able to get a sense of what is going on from different people's perspective, I think you'll know that I work very closely with Mrs. Malinga. Um, generally, when I send out, especially last year when letters were sent out uh, to deal with the, you know, the uh, 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 issues around um, you know, discrimination and alleged discrimination at the school, Mrs. Uh, Malinga was fully involved so that there was a different perspective. It didn't come just from a white male, but there was a black female that was involved. So we do seek guidance. Um, but more specifically to last week's communication, did that involve a diverse group of people reviewing it and, and in that process of So of when we talk about it? a diverse group of people, um, the, the issue there is it would be interesting to understand what the question is in terms of diversity. In other words, was there, was there, some, was there a Muslim person that was involved in looking at You know, the, the issue here is I, I don't understand where the diversity element mm -hmm. would have come in here because, yes, did we go through communications? Did we go through legal processes? Did we go through all of that? Yes. But it wasn't dealing with a diversity issue. It was dealing with what was first and foremost a social, uh, trying to protect our mm. students. Um, it wasn't saying, well, we, you know, we're going to run into a religious issue or a racial issue here. When we see that happening, we absolutely do talk to different people um, with different uh, experiences. This was how do we protect our students um, and what do we put in place to do that until we can sort of but once we start to talk about LO and how we're going to deal with these issues, yes, there's a whole range of people from different diversity and different backgrounds that will be involved. So, so just sorry, can I can okay. I just push back on that quickly? Um, I I do agree that it was a situation within the school that um, the message was that Red Hill does not want to tolerate this bullying and that they need to do something, right? But the subject matter that was at hand, and especially what has been happening in the last few weeks, the subject matter was a a diversity issue, right? The, the Israel-Palestinian conflict, right? We, we at Red Hill, we have people who support both sides of the con, um, both right. sides, right? Yeah. So from that perspective, it is a diversity issue, right? Um, and people, at least I, perceived it as that. Yep. So from that perspective, would it not be wise? Obviously, we can't change the past, but for the future, 
to consult those both on, on both sides who may be hurting because of this or to consult um, yeah. the people that are a part of the groups that are being affected by this. So consulting a Muslim or consulting. David, I think, I think cons- consultation um, is always important. The more consultation you can do, the better. Um, our DAC had a, a big difference of opinion. Um, there were some members... Were they involved that, in this letter? Uh, they weren't involved in the letter, okay. but they were in discussions of the letter afterwards in okay. terms of that. There were people that felt that it was not a, a diversity issue and that this was a political issue and that it was a nationalist issue. In other words, you're dealing with two nations that are at war with one another over a piece of land Mm -hmm. and that is not they didn't feel that that was what the mandate of the diversity had it been a religious squabble you know in terms of muslims and jews just arguing about you know religion etc then they would definitely have gone involved david i want to say once again you know any organization can be attacked for making mistakes there's no doubt about it the fact that i'm on the radio station talking to you guys about it the fact that i'm not i'm not i'm not defending i'm not going into a bunker i'm not saying i don't want to talk to anybody the fact that i've said to you we made many mistakes and we will continue to make mistakes and for however long here i'm I'm happy to be criticized for those mistakes i hope at times been you know that 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 we get we get praised for the things we do right Mm -hmm. um uh, but but you know you obviously get you know you you get hit when you get things done wrong yeah and the point of what i was saying was in future i just think it would be wise to consult those ethnic groups or those people that are being affected by the communication that you're putting out. And yeah, 100%. In, were there also people on that DAC committee that thought it was a diversity issue? Because I would presume that a lot of people would think that. I think all I'm going to say on that is that there was a difference of opinion. Okay. So, so just to go on to how we move forward as a school, because I think that's the most important part of this conversation. How can we use this as a learning experience, as you said time and time again. And just two questions that have come through, but I'm going to group them together, yep. is when can we have a constructive discussion on this topic and how do we facilitate this issue? And just following on to that, how are you planning on including this type of tolerance learning at the lower grades, for example, grade one, two, and three, who do not understand the situation, but may be faced with older siblings' comments, which I do think is important. And we did speak about this in the student executive discussion. So I think those are great questions. And I'd like to start with the second one first. You know, research has shown that a school has approximately, let's call it 10% of an influence on how you think. Mm. I'm not talking about mathematics in English, but on your values, on how you think. Then there's about another 10% maybe on your environment, your outer environment, the television, the things that you watch. 80% is your family, right? So in reality, the school can influence you 10%, but when you go home and your family talk to you and your community talk to you in your home environment, that 99% of the time will wash out anything that we can do. Now, when you're dealing with an issue that is so divisive as this, what you have to do with grade one, twos, and threes, which they do very well, is you start to teach children the basics of how to be friends, how to be nice to each other, you know, what you shouldn't do, don't don't say nasty words to one. We start with that. Mm. But you'll know that let me give you an example. I, it's, this is a this is, could be a whole other discussion. You know that a couple of years ago uh, we had Emma Sadlia that came in. I sat there. I was horrified at what she told me that young people get up to on mm-hmm. social media. A week after that, I was dealing with a sexting case on social media mm. because I think you need to also understand and put into context that we're dealing with teenagers. Teenagers are risk creatures by nature. That is part of your growth. It is at this particular time in your life that you do risk things. If an adult says, don't do this, you'll do that. You will do it. We will tell you a million times, don't go to parties. Be no, people will go. They will drink. They will. But why it doesn't upset me that much is because I understand that it's part of a teenager's DNA to be able to do those things. So the most important thing at school and why it's so difficult to deal with this is it's not easy just to have a formula that says do A, B, and C and it will all come right. It's understanding your students. It's understanding where they're coming from um, and, 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 and trying as much to influence as you possibly can. But you can't always get that, you can't always get that right. How do we deal with this particular issue? Well, this is a, a situation that we, we need to discuss specifically on the Arab-Israeli issue. Understanding that we do have a large, you know, Muslim and Jewish community, we've got to find ways of having this discussion, but are ways that are respectful to one another, where we can sit down and listen to one another 
and have these kind of discussions. Thank you. So I think we've spoken a lot about, you know, last week's miscommunication and misinterpretation. We've spoken about how we're going to move forward as a school. And the last thing I think we'd like to touch on in today's broadcast is the protest that's supposed to be happening tomorrow between yes. 7 o'clock and yep. 8 o'clock. Yep. There's a couple of questions coming through. Um, for example, what do you suggest that people come to school tomorrow? Do you suggest they stay at home? What is your opinion and your thoughts on tomorrow's protest? I am not suggesting anything. <laughs> because if the executive head suggests something, then people will be scared not to listen to the executive head. <laughs> right? So I'm not suggesting anything. I'm telling you what your options are, and I'm not suggesting. Okay. I'm leaving it to every family and every student to decide what they want to do. What I did make clear, there is a legitimate protest that is happening outside of the school. Right? Protests, by their very nature, are there to show people that they feel strongly about a certain cause. It's enshrined in our constitution, right? For those students that want to show their, um, their empathy, their sympathy, their, you know, with, with the Palestinian people, we have said they, they, they must go and be in the protest, right? The school is not judging anybody here. We're not standing there to see who it was, how the guys, please, I hope you trust me on that one, right? I've said to my staff, any staff member who feels that they want to be out, out in the protest, you have full right to be in the protest. It is a legitimate protest that, needs, that is taking place, and you can take part in that protest. At the same time, we've said for students who don't want to take part, that is a legitimate choice as well. Now, when we're talking about free and fair debate and democracy, we have to acknowledge that people are free and fair, are free to choose a side or not to choose a side. Okay? I think the litmus test that will show whether we are growing to be a mature kind of democracy where we accept these type of things is what will the reaction be against those who did not attend or those who did attend. And that's where I've said, if there is any kind of hatred towards people that attend or that didn't attend, if there's any cancelling of people that attend or did not attend, that's when I will have to look at the code of conduct and treat those students according to the code of conduct because that then is bullying. So I'd like to say to people, if you want to go, it starts at 7 o'clock, please attend. You may dress in whatever you know, you want to dress in, but when you come back into Red Hill, you're in Red Hill uniform because that's what unifies us as Red Hill. For those who don't want to come or don't want to be, and you can either arrive at school at normal time, I'm hoping the protest will be peaceful and you'll be able to go to class. For those of you who are a little bit worried, you can be online um, or you can arrive for the second lesson as long as you're at school before nine o'clock. Thank you. I think that's very helpful to people who maybe had a couple of questions regarding yeah, that. Um, Mr. Jurassi, thank you so much for joining us on this afternoon's podcast. I don't think there are any questions from anyone in studio or anyone online at the moment. And thank you to everyone who sent through your questions for helping this run so smoothly. Um, we do appreciate your willingness to come and have an open conversation with us. And Absolutely. Thank you, Thank sir. you for your transparency. Ali, David, thank you very much. You always know I enjoy the opportunity. I enjoy the banter. The, you know, <laughs> the, the, the kind of Sometimes we, we lock horns, sometimes we don't. But that is what I'm most proud of. We don't always get it right, but we do have those vehicles to do it. Yes. And I hope the students see that we do do this. Thank so. you, sir. That's it for Red Radio today. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.